Let's read together Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In this first section of the book of Ruth, we have the account of the events which set the stage for Ruth to be brought into the nation of Israel and become a link in the lineage of Christ. Ruth chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech. The name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left, and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Kilion also died. So the woman survived her two sons and her husband. As we begin our study of Ruth, let's look at a few background notes first of all, which will help us better understand the message of the book of Ruth. The events in the book of Ruth took place sometime during the times of the judges in Israel. After Joshua and the children of Israel conquered the land of Canaan, there was a period of about 350 years when the nation was ruled by judges. This was before the time of the kings in Israel. Although the book of Ruth comes after the book of Judges in the Bible, chronologically, the events don't follow the times of the Judges. The events in the book of Ruth take place sometime during the period of the Judges, maybe as early as the time of Gideon, because we know from chapter 4 that Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David, who was the second king of Israel. We read in chapter 4 and verse 17 that to Ruth and Boaz was born Obed, who was the father of Jesse, who was the father of David. The fact that David is mentioned would indicate that the book was probably written during David's time. If the book was written by Samuel, which is Jewish tradition, then it was written after David was anointed by Samuel to be king, but before David came to the throne, because Samuel died before David came to the throne. You can read about that in 1 Samuel chapter 25. The book of Ruth is like an oasis in a desert. The period of the judges is not a bright spot in Israel's history. During the dark days of the judges, the people of Israel were continually departing from the Lord. Spiritual decline and moral decay characterize the nation. Twice we read in the book of Judges that everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Judges chapter 17 and verse 6, we read, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And then in Judges chapter 21 and verse 25, In those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. But Ruth is an oasis in this desert of decline. After we read the final disturbing chapters of Judges, how refreshing it is to come to the beautiful story of Ruth. In the book of Ruth, we see God's sovereign grace at work in spite of man's idolatry and immorality. Now, just a couple of more background notes before we turn to our doctrinal points. In verse 1, we read that there was a famine in the land. In Old Testament times, a famine was a sign of God's discipline because of Israel's idolatry and turning away from the Lord. Remember the famines during the times of the prophets Elijah and Elisha. In the law, God said that if the people followed him, he would bless them and their land would be productive. 
But if they would not follow him and his laws, then he would not bless them, and he would withhold the rains from their land. I'm reading Deuteronomy chapter 11, verses 16 and 17. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them, lest the Lord's anger be aroused against you, and he shut up the heavens so that there be no rain, and the land yield no produce. See also Deuteronomy 28 in this connection. It was during one of these times of discipline by famine that a Hebrew by the name of Elimelech went with his family to the neighboring country of Moab to escape the famine. Why Moab? Well, I'm sure one reason was that from Bethlehem, Elimelech could look southeast across the Jordan Valley and the Dead Sea and actually see the greener hills of Moab. Furthermore, the Philistines to the west were enemies of Israel, and they controlled the roads leading to Egypt. In any case, Elimelech decided to go to Moab temporarily until the famine was over. This was a major decision for Elimelech and his family. Verse 2 says that they were Ephrathites. Ephrathah was the ancient name for Bethlehem and that area. Thus, their family roots were there. And so this was quite a major decision for Elimelech and his family to leave the land of promise, the land of Israel, and go to Moab in this time of famine. We read that Elimelech died in Moab and left Naomi a widow in Moab. The two boys, Malon and Kilion, then married Moabite women, Ruth and Orpah. But then the sons died also, leaving Naomi bereft of her two sons as well as her husband. Well, so much for background notes. Now let's move to our doctrinal points or teaching points for this first section of Ruth chapter 1. Our two doctrinal points have to do with decision-making. Since in this first section of Ruth, we see Elimelech making a decision which has long-lasting consequences. Doctrinal point number one, believers should not make decisions based only on immediate circumstances. Believers should not make decisions based only on immediate circumstances. That's what Elimelech did in reference to the circumstances of the famine. We've got to get out of here. We'll starve to death. Let's go to Moab. Elimelech's decision was in reaction to the immediate circumstances, and it doesn't look like he considered the possible long-range negative consequences. What about God's covenant and the fact that he wanted his people to stay in the land of promise regardless of circumstances? What about the effects of Moab on Elimelech's family? The Moabites worshipped a pagan god named Chemosh. Even human sacrifices were offered to this god. And what about Elimelech's two sons? Would they grow up and get jobs in Moab? Would they marry Moabite women and raise their families in a country and culture that was opposed to the true God? Even the law warned against such marriages. In Deuteronomy 23 and verse 3, we read, An Ammonite or Moabite shall not enter the congregation of the Lord, even to the tenth generation. None of his descendants shall enter the congregation of the Lord forever. We believe that Elimelech made a mistake here. Yes, God worked through all these events to accomplish his plans and purposes, but that still doesn't justify Elimelech for making this wrong decision. Elimelech made a decision based too much on immediate circumstances, and he did not think through the possible negative effects of that decision. Believers should not make decisions based only on immediate circumstances. Now, God does use circumstances to help us make our decisions. 
But let's be careful about making decisions based only on immediate circumstances. Satan can manipulate circumstances to his advantage in your decision-making process. Illustration. I know of a gifted preacher who left the ministry in a time of spiritual famine. He felt there was not enough blessing and fruit in his ministry. He took a high-paying secular job and eventually lost interest in the things of the Lord. It goes without saying that this decision had negative effects on him and his family. Be careful about making quick decisions to leave the land of Christian service to which the Lord has called you. Be careful about making any quick decisions. Believers should not make decisions based only on immediate circumstances. Doctrinal point number two. Believers should not make decisions based only on human reasoning. Believers should not make decisions based only on human reasoning. Here again, we see that that's what Elimelech did when confronted with the circumstances of the famine. We don't read that Elimelech prayed about this decision. It doesn't seem that he took into account God's word about the consequences of leaving the land of Israel. No, Elimelech only reacted to the circumstances with human reasoning. There were the greener hills. Moab was not that far away. Elimelech reasoned that they'd only be there a short time. Elimelech reasoned that they would come home before there were any negative effects in the family. Elimelech reasoned that he would not be like Lot and go and dwell in the wicked cities, the pagan cities, like Sodom and Gomorrah. No, he would only dwell in the fields, uh, the grazing area for the flocks. But human reasoning can't see the future. Elimelech had no idea that he would change his mind and decide to remain in the land of Moab. We see that, by the way, in the two different words that are used here. In verse 1, the word sojourn is used. That was Elimelech's initial plan, to just sojourn in the land. But at the end of verse 2, we read that he remained there. It definitely seems to indicate a change of mind. Elimelech had no idea that he had only a short time to live and that he would die in Moab. Incidentally, this may be God's discipline for leaving the land of promise. Elimelech did not envision his wife, Naomi, being left a widow in Moab and his sons growing up in the idolatrous country of Moab and then actually marrying Moabite women. The son's death, by the way, may be a further sign of God's discipline. Elimelech could not know these things because his decision was based only on human reasoning. Believers should not make decisions based only on human reasoning. Yes, we do use human reasoning to make decisions. We don't kiss our God-given brains goodbye when we make decisions. But we don't make decisions based only on human reasoning. We need to pray and seek God's direction. He knows the future, and we don't. We need to know God's word so that we make decisions based on biblical principles and not just on human reasoning. You know, recently we made a decision to sell our home where we've lived for 21 years and moved to an apartment. Now, some of you might think that we made this decision on the spur of the moment. Not so. We've been praying about this decision for at least two years. Yes, human reasoning in reference to circumstances did enter the picture, but not only human reasoning. We've looked to God and his word for guidance. Believers should not make decisions based only on human reasoning. Now, what about practical application? Remember 
The decisions you make will make you. Remember, the decisions you make will make you. This works in both a negative way and a positive way. If we make wrong decisions based only on circumstances and human reasoning, we will live with the sad consequences of a life out of God's perfect will. On the other hand, if we pray about our decisions and seek God's will in the decision-making process and use biblical guidelines instead of just circumstances and human reasoning, then our lives will be molded by the results of these good decisions. Illustration. I know a Christian young man who spent a summer in Japan. He planned to go back as a foreign missionary when he finished college. During his last year of college, he got into the sport of windsurfing. From then on, every decision he has made has been based on his love of that sport. He now lives in the Columbia River Gorge area, the mecca for windsurfing in the United States. As far as I know, his Christian commitment at this point is practically zero. Believe me, there is nothing wrong with windsurfing. I love that sport. But let's make sure that our decisions in life are the will of the Lord, not our own will, because the decisions we make will make us. Now, on the other hand, I've had students who decided to systematically study the scriptures for a year or two before going on with their lives. These were good decisions, and it has molded their lives for God, and it has molded the lives of their families as well. Remember, the decisions you make will make you.